Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors podcast. This is your host, Taylor Henry, and you have stumbled across episode number 15. It is September 3rd, 2019 right now. Today I talk with Steve Sizz about his upcoming trip to Colorado, elk hunting. He leaves tomorrow. We also dive into mule deer tactics as uh, Jed and I leave for Wyoming coming this Friday. Um, so it's, it's a little bit off topic. Uh, we're not really covering too much of the whitetail front. So I'll cover a little bit of my updates here so far. Um, we completed our box blind down at our hunting lease. So I'll be continually talking about three different farms this year. Um, we'll call them Farm 1. Uh, which is about yeah 250 acres farm two which is like another 150 acres and farm three which is 125 acres uh first year lease actually um so farm one has the most activity of bucks so far this this summer and it's actually uh, like i mentioned i think in the podcast with steve but i'm not sure um probably the most activity of mature bucks i've ever had come summertime um it's a place that I had uh, the biggest buck last year that I'd been chasing and I'm getting killed on the opening day of gun season. He went about 166. Um, uh, the secondary buck that I was going after last year was referred to as V-Town. Uh, I believe we have found him back. He just lost <laughs> the signature V that he's supposed to have. But um, there's a couple other bucks that uh, V-Town's probably looking to be about 170, maybe more. Um, probably the biggest deer I've had consistently on camera um, where I can actually get a good gauge of how big it is. Um, so I recently just pulled all my cards, um, got I think what I'm I'm going to call as good for tree stand setups. Uh, <clears throat> on this farm, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back and, and really uh, observe the first couple weeks of the season unless when I come back from Wyoming, uh, I have something that's hitting on a regular basis. Uh, that'll be a scenario where I may go in and, and try to kill that first couple days of, of uh, Wisconsin bow season. Uh, so movement's been pretty good. It did it did, uh, did tail off the last couple weeks compared to the first two weeks of August. But I have plenty, plenty of deer to focus on on just that farm alone. Uh, farm 2 has... Again, probably three to four mature bucks I'd be happy to shoot. Um, that one, that farm is a little more limited on how I can hunt it. It's a lot more egg fields with a, a bordering of the woods where these deer are living. Um, so I'll keep everyone updated on those two farms. And then farm three is the lease that uh, my buddy Joe and I are, are going to be taking part in. And that one has uh, a couple decent bucks, nothing crazy. I'm hoping it's going to be one of those places that... Um, you get a lot more mature deer in there uh, come October and come November because there is a there is a good good population of doe in there. So obviously bucks will will follow at some point, but there is at least one in there that's that's a mature pushing four years old, uh, looking to be a really nice deer. Um, we recently got our box blind done down there, and and the cameras are going to do their work now. Uh, we're going to get out of there and, and not pressure it as much now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, what I have going on personally. I'm heading to Wyoming Friday and we'll be out there for a week. So when I get back, um, that weekend will be opener of Wisconsin bow season and, uh, it'll be go time from there. Um, and like I said, we're going to take you through, uh, the season with us and land management tactics and tips during the season. Um, so enjoy steve's input on western hunting specifically elk in colorado and then his he breaks down quite a bit um, mule deer tactics that he's used out west so we're looking forward to these trips and everyone uh enjoy today's so yeah let's jump right into it then cool so steve number one let's why don't you share a little bit where you're heading if you don't want to keep it a big secret and then oh, uh, shit. we can dive it's, into yeah. your background and how let's, let's actually start there. Let's start with how often you go out West and the background of your Western hunting. 
Yeah, so I go west a couple times every year. And um, many, many years ago, what I did is I just winged it. I looked online, found public public places that you could get access to, and um, drove there and just started walking. Yeah. And uh, it really, really changed. So the spot I'm going in Colorado, it was, uh, it was like three years ago. I had a spot all planned out where I was going to go. Drove out there. My last stop, my last gas station, I stopped to get some, some more batteries. And there was a huge forest fire. And right where I was going to go was in the middle of the forest fire, like active forest fire. And everything was closed off. So I just put my finger on a map on public land, drove there and started walking. And um, that's how I found, so I find places to go. And uh, it was a really fun spot. I mean, it's really, um, it's hard to get to and it's hard work. But um, was it last time I went, I actually shot a, a bull, but I hit it too far back and couldn't find it. And so you're, then, you're familiar with this spot you're heading? Now I'm familiar with it, yeah. yeah. So the first time I had no clue. I just right. put my finger, literally, I just closed my eyes, put my finger down, drove there, and uh, started walking. What's the process in um, getting drawing that tag in that area? It's over the counter. Oh, it is. Yeah, a lot of Colorado's over the counter. <laughs> That's why it's kind of nice. A lot of Montana's over the counter. I've gone there a few times. South Dakota over the counter. Nebraska. Um, and it depends on the units, though. I mean, there's there's units in Colorado where you have to have. I think some you have to have like eight points. Yeah. You know, well, there's definitely some, yeah, a lot more competitive areas probably then. Yeah. So the way I like to do it is to uh, just rough it. So public land by myself and I just put food for a week in my backpack and I start hunting and I either stay for a week or until I get one <laughs> or until last year, last year, uh, it got really smoky. You know, there was a forest fire somewhere. Yeah. And I got scared. There's like ashes on my tent. So I boogied it out of a mountain. And you know what I mean? Being caught in a forest fire would probably be one of the worst things in the world. Yeah. And how many miles back were you from like where you were? Oh, I probably, oh, geez, plus the five or six, five or six miles in. So I packed everything up, hiked everything out. And I learned from people at the bottom that, uh, Unless you hear helicopters, you're pretty safe. That smoke and ash and drift a really long ways. Yeah, I'm sure. But I didn't know that. I was like, I'm, yeah, because I got back and it got smoky and it was like pitch black. So pitch black, I packed up, you know, I've been hiked out in the dark because, yeah, it's fear. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine how scary that would be if you got surrounded by one, a forest oh, fire. God. And you just it's, sat there and like, well, I'm fucked. Yeah, man. That's so why I was like, I'm not messing around. I don't know. You see smoke and you see ash. It's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. So that, that cost me a couple of days. And then last year, you know what I mean? You can't weather plays such a huge part in hunting. And the last time I went, it was hot, which is bad. Plus the moon at night was so bright. Yeah. That, like, when I was laying in my tent at night, it was like a light was turned on. So like the daytime activity was like next to none. I still got lucky and found one. I just made a shot. So is, is your strategy going to um, at all correlate with that forest fire from last year? Like you think that's going to be all new growth this year and probably be dynamite or are they going to be moved out of there? No, that forest fire was um, a long, long ways from where I was. Oh, it's not even going to be in the... Not even in the same vicinity. Apparently that smoke and ash can drift a crazy, crazy long way. So the strategy this year is to go... Um, I mean, I, I got these spots where the two times, I, two years I've been there, the elk sign's insane. I found bulls both times. Um, the bad thing, last time I went, it's so crazy. There's like umpteen gazillion acres of public land. And these guys threw up a tent like 30 meters from me. They didn't even see my tent there. <laughs> this entire ginormous public forest. And these guys are literally like 30 meters away. And I was like, hey, I'm right here, you know? <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it sucks bad. So but what do you do? So what is the state of elk right now is it their rut is it what are they yeah, doing? It's rut. yeah. So, I, it was early 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 just getting started in the rut but um hopefully well it's good i checked the forecast it's supposed to be getting down like the 30s at night which is good so it'd be cold and colder so hopefully they're active and i mean all honesty last year i should have gotten one within the first three hours i was there um, oh really so you yeah. do treat it do you treat it like kind of like turkey hunting 
where you're going to just sit and listen, get the high points, listen, then move? Um, yeah, like turkey hunting, but both. So, you know, calling and waiting or calling and trying to get a response. If I don't get her, if you can't get any response, I'll just set up and hopefully one comes in quiet. You know, Tom's coming quiet. So yeah, they come like in hunting there. a 600 pound turkey. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's pretty much. So last year I had one. Every time I bugle, he'd bugle. So I'm trying to move in closer. I was getting close to dark. So like, geez, I got to make something happen. And um, you know, I, I moved a little bit more, and he ended up being a lot closer than I thought he was. Yeah. And uh, game over. He was like right there. And that was as I was walking in to where I was planning to hunt. I hadn't even started really hunting yet. So if I'd been a better hunter, I would have got one right away. How many times? Uh, and what's your How many times have you been out to Colorado, and how many times have you gotten one? Um, well, I've only been out there twice, and the first year was the forest fire, and I spent most of the trip um, just scouting, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't get any. And then last year I wounded the one, so I'm over two. So you'll be and uh, then two. So you're still like, like a this is like a big big uh big trip for you then. You got oh yeah two, and then I don't know maybe this is kind of weird, but after I. Killed, like the one I wounded, I killed it for sure. You know what I mean? I just hit it far back. And um, it's almost like like you deserve to shoot another one, you know what I mean, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I don't know. I kind of quit early and went home just because I felt guilty about it. Oh, I know that feeling for sure. It's kind of that. Kind of, sorry, that's my little baby for people listening. But, yeah, so the big thing is um, um, just over the years learning to minimize how much stuff I carry and make it a really – you know, enjoyable trip. My very first trip, I carried too much gear and thought about killed me. Yeah. Saw that weight backpack didn't fit right. I didn't test anything before I went brutal. It's crazy how much you learn from each trip. And yeah. Still, it's still every time you still something else comes up that you need to improve on next time. <laughs> you know what you do Taylor? I could maybe post in the show notes. I got a, over the years I've made my uh, hunting trip packing checklist so it's like everything you could possibly imagine and i just check it off as i load up my pack for the trip it, it eliminates that you know that feeling in the back of your head when you're driving on it's like yep. did i remember did i remember did i forget it's like you just you can't screw up you know what i mean right so that is uh made for when you head out west yeah and it's yep. gen and it's and it's uh, a checklist that is specific for you staying in the woods living in the woods yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you can take bits and pieces of it too and fit it to however, like for yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. For yeah, us I mean, going to Wyoming and staying in a, a base camp or whatever. I yeah, I mean, I have things on there like rifle, uh, spotting scope that I'm, I'm not bringing on this trip. But you don't bring a spotting scope right now on this trip? No. Um, it's. I guess keep the weight down. Well, that and then I'm, there's like where I'm at, it's pretty thick timber. Yeah. So it wouldn't be any benefit whatsoever because you're not, you know, spotting a thousand yards or whatever so that's interesting so whenever you think about western hunting i always consider like for the most part you're always going to try to find high visibility area high point something and and uh, a lot of it's spotting but yeah that's that's not even a part of it at all huh no i mean there's one spot where i did some of that like in montana that's pretty much all it was but here it's uh, it's just thick timber so you're just moving and calling and trying to get one to respond or I mean, you know, I just the, the one I actually found. I just happened to like peek over a little ridge, and it was just right there. Yeah, just kind of sneaking through the woods and just keep moving and looking all day long. So is there, what is your What is your plan? Like, do you have a a mile or distance limit that you're going to limit yourself to and not go any further? No, I feel really good this year. The goal is to get an elk. Yeah, like, my goal, like my plan to be honest, is to be hungry and miserable and try, almost kill myself and either get an elk or be content that I did as much as I possibly could. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the point you have to get to for any trip, really. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's interesting that you when you talk about, like, these trips, these trips where you're out and, like, it's different when you sleep at home and then you go hunting and when you're actually out on a trip because like what you're saying, like where you wound an animal and then you feel really guilty about it. I almost feel like that weighs on you more when you go on these trips, like, cause there's so much, it's like so much more planning that goes into it. 
And I don't know. I feel, I mean, I feel guilty if I would wound a whitetail too, but yeah. you probably I mean, it's wouldn't. like, it's like a 600 pound animal that's just getting eaten, my own. probably getting eaten by bears within two days. Yeah. But still, I don't know. I just feel really bad about that. It's like, I killed it. I should be done, really. You know what I mean? And here's the crazy thing when I was the next morning, because I knew I hit it back, so I let it lay overnight. So I went back the next morning, and, uh, you know, I was a couple miles from my tent. And on the way in in the morning, I ran into elk, like easy chip shots at elk. And, of course, you can't shoot one, right? Because mm-hmm. you got one wounded. And uh, just all, that's the hunting gods for you, man, the way it goes. Hunting karma bank. Hunting I'm a big karma. believer in it. Yeah, it's so anyhow, this year I feel great. My body feels great. That's huge too. You know, on the mountains, um, you know, if you're banged up or out of shape, you don't want to go to that next ridge. You know what I mean? And then you think to yourself, well, if I do shoot one over there, I have to carry the damn thing back out. There's no way I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So this year I feel really good. So there's no limits on them. Yeah. Last year you just had like knee surgery, didn't you? I, well, it was, uh, the last time I went, I needed, um, surgery. Oh yeah. And, uh, and I was, I mean, the pain was really, really bad. So it had me kind of limited. You know what I mean? It's kind of scary to be miles back in the woods and in a lot of pain, and, you know, trying to get out. Wouldn't be yeah. That sucks. Yeah. What is your, um, what's your number? What was your preparation? So what did you do to prepare besides working out at your, your, uh, gym, did you, uh, throw on a 50 pound yeah, sack and walk up your hill? I put uh, uh, kettlebells, actually, weights in my backpack and go for mm-hmm. hikes, right? Get used to that. And then one of my favorite things, it sucks. It sucks bad is um, like 400-meter sprints. So run as hard as you can, 400 meters. Take like a 90-second break, do it again, take a break, do it again. And it's brutal, but it's it, I found it to be like the single best thing to get me in shape in the moments. Yeah. In the least amount of time, right? So, you know, I mean, I could throw in a pack and go for a two-hour hike which is good too, but that's two hours of my day that I don't really have or want to spend. So that I do that a lot. And then too, I do uh, like heavy squats and heavy deadlifts. So if you're squatting a couple hundred pounds for a bunch of reps, it makes a 70 pound pack feel pretty light or 60 yeah. pound pack wherever I got into it. And, um, I didn't picture you as a deadlift guy. Oh yeah. Hex bar deadlift. Big fan. So it's raised up. The bar is like raised up. Like a hex, um, a hex a, and then the, the thing, like the handles come up. Yeah, and you stand in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two, that's like, uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but like as far as improving speed, that's the single best lift there is. So like there's this guy who just gets people ready for the NFL combine. Mm-hmm. And that's the single best lift to make you better at running and covering distance and improving your – it's, uh, it's an amazing lift. And it gets a bad rap because people do it with poor form and hurt their back. Well, it depends. So, like, a hex bar deadlift is different than a regular barbell deadlift. It's easier to do it properly, which is good. And um, But, yeah, a lot of people do them incorrectly and hurt their back. So, I do it right. But, yeah, so that – I mean – and then, you know, I try and stay fit year-round. I just kind of ramp it up. And then this morning my workout was pretty easy. Tomorrow will be pretty easy, so my body feels really good. Mm-hmm. And then um, come, so I'm leaving Wednesday night, stopping halfway. I'll be there like Friday at noon and uh, hike way up in and just start hunting for the week and hopefully get lucky. So you want to break down a little bit what's on your list for food? What's your diet consist of? Very simple. I take um, <clears throat> mixed nuts and dried fruit, and that's my – you know, my breakfast and lunch or my first meal and maybe second meal. And then for supper, I get a mountain house meal and that's it. Yeah. Every day. A hot meal is huge, man. It's amazing. And then nuts and fruit are high energy, lighter weight. They're perfect. And it's really weird. When you're on the mountains, for some reason, I'm like, just not hungry. Like I have to force myself to eat. Yeah. You gotta remember really to bizarre. eat. Yeah. And uh, cause you're going out to uh, Wyoming, right? Yep. I always have some judo points in my bag because uh, there's always these dumb grouse running around, like these dumb prairie chickens, sage grouse. And they're really easy to zip with your bow, so I have those for lunch a couple times throughout the week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I just shoot them, uh, debone them, and then throw the meat right in my mountain house meal. So it's like extra extra meat mountain house meal. It's awesome. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good. So you're going to bring uh, your new uh, Canon camera, or is, that, is it too no. heavy for you? I don't want that extra weight. I'm going to probably break it. But the one, here's what the, the nicest thing about going out west 
It's because I get, I mean, sitting in tree stand and whitetail hunting is awesome because it is, but getting out and stalking and spotting and calling in, it's just so much fun. Yeah, I like, bet. Yeah. There's so many. And then too, I always figure there's like whitetail hunting, you got to be a good shot, of course, but you don't really have to sneak up on anything and you don't have to, like there's a lot more skill sets involved in, in getting an elk. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah, there, I mean, you're, you really do test. Have you been shooting at all, like, after you work out, or have you tried to fatigue, shoot your bow at all, or? Yeah, many- I try, and I've learned that over the years, because, um, but I still screw up. You know, one of my problems is, Taylor, is um, I'm worse with bigger targets. Like, a big old elk, it's like I don't pick a tiny point to aim at. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like there's this huge target. How can I, and then you just kind of, like, I don't know, broad shoot. And uh, so this year I, I really practice on just picking a tiny spot. But no, I like to do burpees or do a sprint or go do something to get my heart rate up and shoot mm-hmm. when I'm tired. And then I shoot out to 80 yards a lot. So it makes 40 yards feel like a chip shot. Yeah, that's on my list today is to get, um, number one, I got to get that new bow sighted in. And then, yeah, I shoot a little bit with fatigue. Shoot every day, man. And then, too, I've learned – this This goes with softball, too. But I used to shoot, like, 40, 50, 60, whatever, a bunch of arrows in a row. And then you get fatigued and your form goes to hell. And, and it's just – it's not realistic, right? I mean, yeah, it's the first shot that matters. So now That's I'm – I'm, I'm really bad at that because my shoulder. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10 shots. <laughs> Yeah, but that's all right, though, man, because the only one that matters is the first one. If you're lucky, right. you get a second one. So now I'll shoot, like, eight arrows, take a break, come back, shoot eight arrows, take a break. And then, two for anyone out there, man, I, I, years – I mean, man, I, I've screwed up on so many nice animals, like, when I was younger. And um, I, I just never learned good shooting form. So I bought a book on archery shooting and fixed my form, and it made me such a better shot. And, um, but I still screw up sometimes cause I get nervous. Do you think that you have some type of target panic then where you it's kind of black I, out? No, I, I've just had it before. Like I'll, I'll remember specifically this nice mule deer buck. My body was shaking so bad. It was just, uh, it was stupid. And then I just remember as soon as my pin got onto the deer, like the arrow released, like it, mm-hmm. I just completely choked, shot over his back. Now I, I just pra- I've gotten better to where I can calm my nerves, and then after the shot is when I start shaking and lose it. But um, the elk, I, all that was last year. I mean, everything was good. I felt good. The release was good. But it was what was it, sixty three yards, and there was a pretty stiff crosswind. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't adjust for the wind at all in retrospect, and uh, I think it just blew my air. Either it blew my arrow back or maybe I pulled the trigger a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, so you, so hit you, you hit it right? You like shot to the right then? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that could easily just be like the whole front arm, move it to the right and peeking. Like who knows? Usually I shoot enough where I can feel myself do something stupid and on release it felt good. It just kind of, it just went right. So I don't know. Regardless, I screwed up. Yeah, I'd say my biggest thing is – I've learned to talk to myself some or like at least in your head talk and be like, all right, <laughs> this isn't the end of the world. Chill out. Cause if you can, if you can form rational thoughts, your body will automatically calm down a little bit. <clears throat> Absolutely. But part of the problem too is like, if it happens quick, that's nice. This guy was close for a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, Please, please walk this way. Please walk this way. Please walk this. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like an eternity. But when he finally moved to where I wanted to, I, I so uh, a lot of nerves had gone through me. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Praying, sure. praying, praying. Please go. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome, regardless. And then too, this is kind of weird, but just if you've ever spent a week by yourself, like living in the woods. It makes you uh, it makes you appreciate little things, right? Like a sofa, a toilet, a shower. Like it's crazy, and it's crazy how lonely I get. Like I'm, I just get lonely. I miss humans. It's weird. That is all you're doing. I wouldn't. I I've never done that. Would probably never. I don't know. I might do it sometime, but 
Very a cool story. The one time I went, I was uh, just really tired. So I'm like, I'm just going to sit on a water hole for the afternoon. And I looked over and there was a mountain lion hunting the same water hole as me. Just crouched down in the grass. It was seven yards away. I ranged him. And every once in a while, he'd peek up over the grass and check the water hole and he'd crouch back down. He didn't and, know you uh, were there? What's that? He didn't know you were there? No idea I was there. I was downwind. And it's like, that's where I was sleeping that night. So I got pretty freaking scared. So he was kind of through the brush. I, I slung an arrow through the brush to scare him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. Not yeah. something that you want to see out there. No. And then here's a good one, too. The one year I was out in Montana. And uh, I, I, it was so crazy. The guy was just talking about, like, yeah, there's a lot of bears in the creek bottoms this time of year because that's where the berries were. Mm-hmm. The bears in the creek bottom. I'm walking, walking. It's getting dark. And, uh, you know what I mean? I, I can walk back to camp in, my, in the dark. Well, I looked at my GPS and I banged on a rock. I cracked it. So I had no GPS. So I, I mean, there's no way I could find it without a GPS in the dark. So I'm in the bottom of a creek bottom, pitch black where the bears, bears are feeding. And I had a bivy sack to sleep in. I was, remember, I was just terrified thinking there's no way I can sleep. And uh, you're so damn tired from hiking all day. Yeah. So it's like I blinked and it was morning. But I remember I was like, like stuff like that's kind of fun though. You know what I mean? Like well, you're what'd terrified. You, what'd you do to get back? In the daylight. I mean, in the daylight, I could find where I was going. But yeah. not in the dark. You know how hard it is to find. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, even I would assume in the daylight there. Or is there pretty good trails? No. No. But, um, you know, you, you kind of – like there's certain mountain peaks or just certain things you kind of remember on where to go. Mm-hmm. But in the dark, there was – there I mean, I did – there's no way I would have found anything. So I was like, all right, time to go to sleep. What are you using for GPS then? What do I use? Yeah. I got a Garmin something and then a, uh, like a Colorado chip. Yep. yep, yep. Those little chips. So it's, yeah. they're awesome when they work. If you don't smash Yeah, exactly. But yeah. yeah. But nowadays, you know, <laughs> it's just, you can, I don't, will your phone work with downloaded Onyx map? Um, gosh, I don't know. I haven't even tried it. I just had, I've always had the GPS. I can get cell phone service every once in a while if I climb to like the top of a peak or something like that. But really, yeah, sometimes it's kind of nice just not have cell phone service. Get away from the world. Yeah. Well, you've done a good job of being able to do that. That's impressive. So I told yeah, you, so- I texted Steve this morning. I was like, congrats on having a business and that you can walk or you can be away from live like a nomad for a couple of weeks. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. It makes me realize that I'm not as important as I think I am that I can just leave and <laughs> the place does just fine without me. Oh, well, kind of useless. When are you guys leaving? Uh, we have a couple people leaving today, I think. And then, uh, I'm heading out Friday morning about three o'clock. And then where are you going? Newcastle, Wyoming area. So, it's uh eastern part of Wyoming, pretty much when you get crossover from South Dakota, Newcastle is I think one of the first towns there. And then like right in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we're about fifty miles from Newcastle. Okay. On a ranch. And I wish I could tell you more besides uh people we're going with, hunt there's and there's a lot of public around there too. So we're actually hunting we have access to a to a private ranch. It's like 15,000 acres or something but then there's there's public surrounding it too so um yeah i think they're gonna we're gonna push hard for a big one right away because they've kind of gotten you know decent sized ones last cut not nothing big um but yeah 15 isn't it funny when you go out west Fifteen thousand acres i think that's what it is yeah and that's i know but i mean that's like the normal there i was in south dakota the other and I asked the rancher, I was like, where's your property line? He's like, oh, it's about seven miles that way. <laughs> to county. Like seven miles. He's like, oh, my gosh. You know, my 40 acres I'm proud of. And these guys got, you know, whatever, tens of thousands. Per. I would say, the, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I'm excited about the actual spotting and stalking because, um, like, obviously it's mule deer are probably a little easier than, like, whitetail because they like to sit in there in the shade and stuff. And I just, I like nerd out on thermals and in wind direction. So, um, actually stalking with that in mind, um, will be pretty fun. I'm sure it'll be tough too, but yes. was it white tails are definitely smarter than mule deer. One thing I've learned, I like mule deer. They're, they're too curious, right? So they'll get 
spooked, but then stop and look back. And that's like a, a fatal mistake for them. So yeah. Much. Whereas a whitetail, it, or sometimes I've had it where I'll spook a mule deer and it'll bound around a hill and lay down in the next valley. So mm-hmm. you get another chance to go stalk them. Whereas a whitetail, like you spook them, they're a mile away and you never yeah. see them again. Well, I mean, there's it's, a reason why whitetail are everywhere and mule yeah. deer aren't. Oh, yeah. what, would you, what would be your one piece of advice? Is, you've, you've hunted mule deer a lot. So what's your one piece of advice for someone like me who's never hunted them? I would say the biggest thing. Okay, big thing. Two couple big things. One, like, all right, you're gonna spot one and you're gonna you're gonna plant a stalk, right? Mm-hmm. Just admit like if it's not stalkable, don't even bother. You're gonna end up wasting your time, right? And you're saying stalkable in the in the sense of wind. Wind cover everything. Like if it's on a, a wide open side hill and there's no way you can get within range, like right. <clears throat> don't even bother wasting your time or wait him out see if he moves but then okay so let's say you do spot him right it's like i gotta go around this hill i gotta go through this ravine i'm gonna go behind this tree like make sure you have really good landmarks in your mind right because i can't tell many times you come around a hill and everything looks different and mm-hmm. you're like where the hell is it man like it's crazy how things change so make sure you have really really good landmarks and if you don't see him, sometimes like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? 99 times out of 100, he's there. Right? Still there, he's, yeah. He's there. He's there. And then when you do get into range, wait him out. Because you'll see, you'll see people. Sorry about that little bit. No. <laughs> you'll see people um, like want to throw a rock or something like that mm-hmm. or yell or groan to try and get it to stand up. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I look at it this way. When I go whitetail hunting, I'll sit in a tree stand from dark to dark, and I don't even know if a buck's around, right? Yeah. So I'm right by a buck watching it. I can wait a couple hours until he stands up. And they're like people, right? If you lay around for a while, you get hungry. You're going to get up for a snack. You got to get up and take a poop. Well, so their bodies, their body, like their blood circulation doesn't allow them to sit for. Yeah, and they need to get up and just move position. So I always, I get into position, and I wait. Yeah. And, um. You know, that's backfired on me too. Um, shit. The one year I was snuck up on a nice one, a five by four. I thought, you know, public land, South Dakota was nice. I stood there for hours waiting in the sun and these random pheasant hunters just came bebopping over a hill and scared it away. <laughs> you know what I mean? So stuff like that can go wrong. I've had, it was, uh, I was, I'm, I'll never forget, I was 42 yards away. I ranged him. He was bedded, but his butt was facing me. So it's like, and there was a tiny little window. I could shoot him laying down, but I'm like, no, I'll just wait for him to stand up. He was big, like really big, really, really nice. And I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting. And this random doe just comes bebopping over the hill behind me. Like runs. your win. No, basically ran onto me and then runs straight past me right through all the bucks and pulls them, pulls them all with her. Oh my God. You know what I mean? So sometimes it, but what other option, you know, stuff always, I've had two or whip in on a nice buck and a coyote comes through and spooks it out. There's always stuff that can go wrong. But the biggest one is, um, I, I see with most guys is they just miss. Yeah. Especially, you know, you belly crawl in and then you have to like, this is for two. You should be practicing shooting from your knees because I think every mule deer I've ever shot has been from my knees. I'm and sure. You yeah. crawl and you got to pull back behind a bush and, and then come up and make a shot. Yeah, a, a few things there. Yeah, that'll be my biggest obstacle for the next couple of days is getting that bow ready. I just bought it yesterday. Shoot from your knees, man. Shoot from your knees. Right. But yeah, I wish everybody, one thing, anyone listening, I hear it all the time, like, God, I'd love to go out west. I'd love to just do it, man. Just do it. Right. I'll never forget talking to my uncle at a wedding. He was like 50 some years. He's like, oh, maybe next year. I'm like, dude. You're 50 some years old already. Just go. And it's not that I would, um, because I've been looking in Nebraska. I've never been there. I called state biologists and I called around until I found a good place. And I started asking for tips on where to go. And these guys will tell you like, Hey hey man, this is a good spot for me. They're public land. And then you drive there and just start walking. Yeah. Good pair of binoculars is worth every penny you pay for it for sure. I've gone with guys with the crappy binoculars and you'll see 10 deer to their one. 
it's huge. You know what I mean? That'll be oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they they are the biggest. And there's such a discrepancy of like cheap ones to expensive ones too. It's not like it's not like not like other products in the in the world. No, no, you want a good pair of binoculars. The other thing too, when you are spot, I've learned this even with anything really, is it's it's so crazy. So I don't know what the terrain's like in Wyoming. I'm similar, but you'll have like it's like rolling hills and grass, and you would think it'd be so easy to see the deer, but they'll disappear, right? Yeah. So instead of looking for deer, I'll look for a little triangle right? Which is like a tip of an ear or like the tip of an antler or just the black of a nose as opposed to looking for deer. It's the same with elk too. Like the last elk I found, you'd think there's a 600 pound thing. All I seen was an ear sticking up. You know, it's, it's amazing how they can. And then two, it's so crazy how you walk, like, like you'll see it, you'll see it a, like a, a mule deer's head poking out plain as day. And then you move like two yards and it disappears. Yeah. Like, even if you look at a spot after you walk, like, look again, look again, because it's just a little different sun angles, a cloud. It's crazy how things just disappear, but they're right there or pop up, you know? Right. Ah, so much fun. I'm getting excited now. <laughs> well, you should. You're leaving tomorrow. You're going with a family, though, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm taking the whole family. So they're going to just get the Airbnbs and play while I live out in the mountain. Mountain, man. What's that? Awesome. You said you're going to be a mountain man. What's how long is the trip planned for? Um, what is it? 10 days, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully, uh, then to hopefully I don't get rained on too much. I've had that where you just get soaked and you're wet and miserable. Um, but what's the weather looking like right now? The same as every, well, nice. It's supposed to get cold, but it's like Colorado. It's like, it's always the same. There's a chance of storms. Yeah. Seems like every day a chance of storms where like a, a rain cloud will blow in, dump on you, then blow out, you know? Just as long as it's not too much uh, lightning up in the mountain. But yeah, if, uh, I don't know, man. If you're thinking about going, because you've never been on West Heavy. Is this your first trip? Yeah, I mean, I've always, yeah, I mean, it's the first fall that I'm always in a cop, so I've always had to kind of choose um, right. what to take off for. Yeah, here's here here's the downside. This is like hundred percent true. Is the first time I went, I I had so much fun. It like knocked whitetail hunting down a few notches for me. Yeah, I'm really worried about that because I, mean, I know was, that if I if 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 it's as fun as chasing whitetails, but I get to move around and spot and stalk, then I'm gonna be in trouble because my least favorite part about whitetail hunting is sitting in a tree stand. Yeah, dude, it's uh. It was an instant addiction. I would, this is, I mean, this kind of sounds crazy to a lot of people, but if I could only choose one, like going out west for a week or two, or whitetail season, all season long in Wisconsin, I might pick uh, the week out west. That's yeah. why I go every year. It's just yeah. so damn much fun. For sure. Yeah. So the weather where we're heading in Wyoming, the next today with the next three days, they're all high 80s and sunny, which yeah. I was told. Actually, Jed, the person we're going out there with, prefers that because he said they're easier to find in shade. By water. Stuff. Yeah, shade by water. But we're going to have a pretty big temp drop, so we'll have, like, be down in the 70s on Friday when first day of hunting or first day out there, and then low 70s and 60s all next week. Nice. That's so, one thing when, when I saw in the, the Dakotas, whatever, chasing the other, um, they have, like, little cedar trees scattered throughout. Yeah. And they love hunkering down. It's like an air conditioner, you know, hunkering down the cedar tree shade. Yeah. And that's sometimes you'll catch them, catch them getting to move as the shade changes, you know, as the sun moves. But uh, yeah, make sure you're out. Obviously, you guys be out early, catch them on their feet. My favorite is to get up early and, you know, get on glass and catch them on their feet before uh, they go to bed. And then just keep your eyes on them until you see them bed down for the, you know, daytime heat. Yeah. And that's when I'll make my main stock. And if I find a good one, or find what I want, like, that's my whole day. Like, I, it's like I got the entire day to sneak in and wait yeah, for this to Capitalize on this. Yeah, when I first started, I'd be in too much of a hurry. And uh, it's like, well, you dummy. I just screwed this up hurrying, and now I got to go try and find another one in the midday heat somehow. Yeah, so for the most part, they're, I mean, they're hanging tight after that. Once they bed down? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be right yeah. there. The one year, I was, this is on Wyoming, a friend of mine had an elk tag. I had a mule deer tag. 
and he had to work. So I, I was out in the morning and I found two elk and I did the, exactly that. I just followed him and kept my eyes on him until I seen him bed down. Then I went all the way back to town, got him, brought him back that afternoon and they're bedded in the exact same spot. I uh, seen him go down and uh, he ended nice. up getting one of the bulls. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I mean, there's hours later they were, they hadn't moved. Right. This, you know, that, that was their home. It's kind of crazy. It was a dude's, uh, this dude, I went to grad school with him. He lived out there. I drove out there to take him hunting. He never hunted in his life. Very first afternoon he ever went out, he got a, a bull elk. And the next morning I took him out and he got a mule deer buck. So two hunts, he got a, a bull and a buck. And that was the last time, the last time he hunted. What the heck? You just ruined yeah. it for him or what? I don't know, man. He's like, he can't find anyone to go with. It's so weird, right? So like you and me, right? We'll drive all the way to Wyoming to go hunting. He lives there. Yeah. Right by right in Cheyenne, and he can't find anyone to go hunting with. I've noticed locals don't care as much when you travel places. They're like, how many? Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're even worse than around here because because deer hunting so big. They're, it's kind of like turkey hunting now around here. Like when you talk to a farmer, and they're like, why the hell would you chase these turkeys around like you are? And yeah, that's what so they. Yeah, you're I bumped into these hunters in Montana. And I seen some nice deer while I was out there. I'm like, do you guys ever go deer hunting out there, out here? I'll never forget. They, they just looked at me like I was the dumbest son of a bitch ever. Yeah. They're like, uh, we have an elk. I was like, why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, why would we care to shoot a deer? We have an elk. Like, oh, well, yeah. that's what I'm like. like. I guess our tag in Wyoming is good for whitetail, too. So uh, You're not going to pass up one of any whitetail, I promise that. No, I'm not. Absolutely not. Even no, yeah, 150. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm crazy, but I really truly think that um, like Western mule deer tastes better than local whitetail. Really? Yeah, I really, really, really. Um, I actually was watching a, a meat eater episode last night, and Renella was talking about how mule deer get a bad rap because they people think they're the gamiest of the deer. I Tasting. I think because you, you hear that antelope are taste bad too. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that for years and um, shot my same thing. I just randomly drew a tag and went public uh, animal hunt in South Dakota and ended up getting one and it stunk so bad. Like they just reeked. Wow. Just reeked. I'm like, oh my God, I can see. So anyhow, I skinned it and got it on ice right away and brought it home. Best meat I've ever had. Like not even close. Oh. Best ever. And I think what happens is a lot of times, because you're going hunting, it's 80 degrees, right? Yeah. I think some guys, they just don't get stuff, don't get it cold soon enough take care of it yeah yeah i think i think it's more of not taking care of it properly as opposed to actually being bad meat oh, i can't imagine i'm not gonna, not gonna like it i mean it's oh, so good so good too and then too this is kind of crazy you know when you pop your guts around here it just smells so bad mm -hmm. i popped the guts out there and there's like no smell it's like all the you know where i'm where i'm hunting meal deer there's like there's no corn all they eat is greens and it's just the green inside their gut and there's no smell it's just, it's just different because it's natural it's not not the yeah you know corn changes it you know because one of the reasons they tell they don't want people to bait deer is because corn can actually kill them yeah actually, up north if they haven't had corn for a while then you throw out a pile of corn it changes their changes their gut and it can kill oh them. yeah i suppose so yeah I so quick um before we wrap up anything on the whitetail front worth talking about on your end um, the only thing I got is I do have a pretty nice one on camera, which is cool. There's no monster by any means, but um, I don't know. You know what I mean? For for my lands that I've been improving, uh, he's one of the best ones. Um, other than that, not a whole lot. But I don't know. I, I think there's a big, like for, for my land too, there's a big shift. Like when the leaves drop, it's more attractive to deer than it is right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can, I mean, that's the biggest thing in the summer. They can find cover pretty much anywhere right now. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's so much food and everything everywhere. Have you noticed this year's been, there's like a huge amount of acorns in the woods. Yeah. Massive amount of acorns and berries and apples. It's just like a, like a, a huge amount of food this year. So yeah, I was just looking at my, I just saw my parents' apple tree out in their front yard and it's plump full. Their apple trees loaded. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's all because I think 
I don't know, you know what I mean? And uh, when, when obviously with anything, when animals get good nutrition, their antlers can grow bigger, right? Mm -hmm. There's not oh, much food. Sure. Survival is a lot more important than antler growth. So I think there should be a, around us some really nice bucks this year. They've had so much. It was an easy winter plus tons of food this year. There should be some really nice ones around. Well, I'll say it's the best year of the best year of buck pictures I've ever had in the summer. Seriously. Biggest and the biggest bucks I've ever had. That's awesome. Like, like the numbers are blowing up. Because once you get back, the season's open, right? Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm actually coming back uh, earlier than I think other people. I'm going to come back Thursday and get back before the weekend. You got any patterned? Ah, uh, that's what I was. I do, but not 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 the bigger ones. I literally, I do. That was it was so it's so cool. Like starting to actually pin this stuff down. So I have the secret on that spot out on my uncle's farm is is uh all those ponds. I mean, you've been out there, you still you yep. see those ponds. And uh, the biggest pinch points are the, those pond dikes, the lower side of ponds. And I, I have cameras all over on like three of the main ponds. And man, just they give themselves away because they yeah. walk they walk on that pond dike. And yeah. So you're super pumped to get back and sit on them. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's the thing too. Like I tough tough it's uh Hard I'm, I'm, I'm i'm good well that and I'm, I'm gonna need to know that something it's just you know they change so much when they lose their velvet like oh, yeah. i still need to see that so like that's why i'm excited to get back because hopefully i get back and then like that's friday saturday i can get out and check them and then yeah if there's something something moving then yeah i'm gonna move in on it but it, i got bucks on camera already they're hard horn I've seen that. I've just started seeing people post stuff about that. Yeah, already. Um, what was I say? One time in my life, I had a, a nice buck, like to the minute, every single afternoon, you come on this one spot. And um, opening opening day, like to the minute, he came out and I got him. So it was like, really? yeah, it was I remember I looked at my phone, I'm like, gosh, he should be coming about now. And as soon as I thought that, I could hear footsteps coming. It was That's crazy. Unreal. Every I do. Single day. I think we, yeah, that's, where was that at? Was that in, was that back at your hometown area? Was no, I was a, a swamp here by La Crosse. It was a, I leased it. It was the first year I leased it. Had this buck just patterned. It was crazy. And um, the cool thing was I got him. The uncool thing was my season was done in two hours. And it's like, well, then what do you do all year? Right? Squirrel hunting. A lot of squirrel hunting. Um, but the next year, I put a lot of time out there. And uh, right before season, the guy sold his land. And uh, sold the land and kept my lease money. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah. Christ, I, that would happen to us in this lease. That yeah, guy, goofy, goofy guy. Um, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm like, dude, it's you got to get my money back. I didn't even hunt. And he's like, you could have hunted all year. I'm like, actually, you can't. There's seasons, yeah. you know. Oh, he's I. Like, I actually really cool. Actually, I found a legit big ass buck bed that has is so worn down um and it's in an interesting spot and it's and it's like consistent with what i've found on these farm pieces uh it's a finger that shoots up in, into an egg field and there's corn on the one side of it every time you're guaranteed to find beds in there on those fingers and not saying that they're going to be there you know throughout the season or anything but like just just looking at buck beds are so interesting they're so smart this thing was, he literally carved out, or I mean, I'm guessing there's probably multiple uh, bucks in there, but he carved out an area. The whole ground is beat down to the dirt. Everything around him in like this giant circle is all cleared out that he's, because he's been laying there so much. You can see where he's clawing at the ground. And Moving his, sticks out of the way. That's his awesome. Back, his back is just, he's like buried in a bush, a big That's ass awesome. bush. And he looks, and it's looking over a giant open ravine, and it's right on the edge of a yeah, cornfield. Smell stuff coming from behind him. See everything oh, in front. It's, it's so, it's like duh. Wind's coming oh, over his back. From any direction, he's got escape routes. Oh yeah, it's and yeah, all if something comes from behind him, he's gonna smell it, and he's 
two bounds down into a, a giant ditch. Something comes up from above below him. He sees it coming, and he's into the corn. Like, Just perfect. I, I do think they move a little bit, and, they'll, and they get pushed deeper into the woods once corn gets taken off, stuff like that. But, God. You got a camera in there? I, I was so mad. Dude, the thing is, so it was a stand that uh, we killed the buck out of last year, and I was good. I was looking to hang a stand in there, and it's like you can see the barn from this finger. Right, it's not a secret. I I knew like I've kicked buck I've kicked a buck out of there before, and I knew that there's a good chance there might be beds in there, but I had never found that bed that distinct. And I'm sure it's a summer summer honey hole for him, but That's yeah, there's a, there's a stand. Uh, Eight yards from that bed. Oh, dude. That's odd. Because, yeah, get a camera. Because it's just so cool seeing how many different bucks will bed in the Oh, same. it's the coolest thing. I found one. I did the same thing last summer. I was so pissed off I didn't have an extra camera on me when I when I drove by it. I was just, just yanked the stand. And I was going to hang a different stand in that finger. And I found it and didn't have an extra camera. But, yeah, so I hung, hung, a, hung a camera right on a summer bed like that last year. And there was five to seven different bucks that used it. Jeez. See, that, that bed you just described sounds exactly like this finger point and pushing out into an egg field on my wife's uncle's land. Exactly. And right in that bed, I found a, a, a shed pair this year. Seven on one side, five on the other. I, I can, I'll guarantee. Just um, an awesome rack. Unfortunately, I'm not allowed to hunt there, but it's exactly what you, uh, what you described. Dude, it's, it's, it's what I've it's what I've been finding that these bucks like the the bigger bucks like they the you you would assume that you're there you're too close to people and stuff but I I think that they are I think they they like that they prefer it they prefer they watch you to keep watch their you eyes on you to go to your yeah. stand and avoid you so it makes you it makes you second guess everything too like that's like the double edged sword it's like well because like normally around here you're like well I'm, I'm I know that the biggest bucks probably out on this giant point looking over this giant ravine. There's nothing around him. He's tangled up in a like mess of, of briars. And he's just like, you're never going to have a chance of seeing him. And it's like, you see beds like that. And you're like, Jesus, how the hell am I ever going to get in on him? Yeah. They're smart, man. Get there in the morning before he comes back. Here, I'll, sh- I'll show you. Uh, well, that's in that? Iowa. See this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right here. Right here guys. Oh yeah. Looking right. out over this open ravine and corn right here and freaking money. Dude, when I lived in Iowa and I'd, I'd go bow hunting, I mean, I could literally see people's yards, right? I mean, they're, I'm basically in town by people's yards and they're a great box. Like they, they're smart, man. They're smart. Sometimes we over, we overthink it. I, I think. And then too, you, you guys, they get some age around me. The biggest thing is I just can't, they just don't get age because the neighbors like to shoot them when they're 130 inches. And, um, well, I mean, you're surrounded by a lot more people, too. Yeah, people like to shoot Because it's not like my neighbors or even people that hunt on that property don't like shooting deer. They shouldn't. But the deer, they have they have their a lot of places to hide around us, too. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, your spot's Your uncle's spot's awesome. But, uh, well, yeah, next time we talk... We're both going to have awesome, hopefully, success stories yes. to talk about. I guarantee you I'll have some screw-ups I did. If I broke something, lost something, crashed my mountain bike. Oh, you're bringing, you're bringing the bike out there? <laughs> and uh, we'll see how that goes. That's one thing, too. I, I love hunting. You don't see it very often, but uh, a mountain bike's nice to cruise in on the trails and, and things like that. So I'm a big fan of taking taking the bike with me. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we'll can't wait to talk to you again and good luck out there. All right, man. Sounds good.